During these days of social distancing, I think many of us are turning to online platforms, like we are here at Boundless Vancouver with Zoom, as a way of meeting with other people. Now, I want you to think about this. Imagine someone joining our Zoom meeting, whose name, whose voice, and whose video do not help us identify who they are. And perhaps they are connected via a phone number that you don't recognize, or they are bombing us here on Zoom. Or perhaps like me, a month ago, joining a Zoom meeting using someone else's computer, and in my case, the computer that I get from my predecessor here at Boundless Vancouver. So come to a Zoom meeting, you realize the name that you display is not your name, and you didn't realize your webcam on your computer is blocked off by some green masking tape. And so everyone in the meeting asks you this question. Who are you? Who are you? A question about identity. On one end, this question is just quite straightforward, like how we are doing with Zoom meetings. We try to identify you by your Zoom account that you have, the password that you know, and finally, by your very voice and very appearance to know who you are. But on the other hand, this question goes deeper. Who are you strikes at the very core of your being. And like the center of a web, it ties to everything else. Your relationships, your values, your work. It is a question worth thinking about. Who are you? Last week, as we came together, Jonathan began a series on Galatians, Rule by Ruth, yet three. Together, we learn about God's one good word, grace, the expensive gift that Jesus offered to us freely, a gift costing his own life to rescue us from our sins and the evil around us, leading us to true freedom that is from God instead of man-made rules. And that is God's gift. And this week, we continue with Galatians, and we see Paul, the author, telling his own story as an example of one who received this gift of grace. Now then, this begs for the question, who is Paul? And that is our focus today. Before I dive deeper, I will just talk a little bit about the historical background. In Paul's story today, he talks about a few places. And all these places are set in the context of 1st century AD Roman Empire. Galatia is a province, and this is the area where brothers and sisters receiving Paul's writing, which is what we read here in the book of Galatians, and that is in the modern-day Turkey. And Paul also talked about writings to Galatia, Cilicia, and this actually includes this place called Tarsus, which is Paul's birthplace. And then next, we have the province of Syria, including the area Damascus. And that was where he was heading towards when he encountered the risen Jesus. And then we have the province of Judea, including Jerusalem, also where Paul received his education. And then he also talked about Arabia, which is just further beyond. Paul's family was from Tarsus. His values were shaped by his learning in Judaism in Jerusalem and he warred first to destroy church on the way to Damascus. But eventually, while he was on his way there, he was turned into a builder of churches all over Galatia and beyond. So all these background, again, the question, who is Paul? 
If you only get one thing out of today's message, is this. Paul is one who is called by God, and that changes everything. Paul is one who is called by God, and that changes everything. And from today's text, we have three observations. One, Paul is called by God, and that changes relationships. Two, Paul is called by God, and that changes values. Three, Paul is called by God, and that changes work. Being called by God really matters. So let's dive in. First observation, Paul is called by God, and that changes relationships. Paul, in his story, included a tidbit about his upbringing and forming years. In verse 14, he first spoke of how he was ahead of the Jewish peers in Judaism and the traditions of his fathers. This was a big deal for Paul. In fact, he considered himself extremely zealous about what his father has passed down to him, which his father received from his grandfather and his grandfather received from his great-grandfather. But today is not Father's Day, so we'll just leave it as that. Today, though, of course, is Mother's Day, and just so happened there's a mention about Paul's mother. He spoke of his mother's womb, where he was conceived. Well, shout out to our mothers. I recently spoke with someone pregnant with her first child. While I really can't understand, what a wonderful thing it is to beget and cultivate life. And it is not easy. It only gets harder. And that I do know because I am a son myself. Anyhow, Paul mentioned about his parents. But to him, God's call mattered more. And this is where Paul brought his readers back to grace. God's one good word. God's free gift through Jesus. In the same words where he spoke of his mother's womb, verse 15, Paul emphasized that God, as the one who set Paul apart and called Paul by grace, and by disgrace, God revealed his son Jesus to Paul and turned his life around. And from there, everything changed. Paul's relationship would change. The natural relationship that he had with his parents, well, they still mattered, and he was still their son. But now Paul also have supernatural relationship. If you recall, Paul was writing to brothers and sisters in Galatia. Did that mean he has siblings who moved to that area? Well, could be. But it would still be impossible for everyone from the churches in Galatia to be a blood relative of Paul. After all, many of them weren't even Jewish. For the necessity of circumcision, which is a ritual for Jewish baby to remove their foreskins, it was actually a topic of contention. So Paul's relationships here, rather than just the natural ones by blood, were expanded to include supernatural ones. It is through God the Father that all who were in Christ Jesus are now Paul's brothers or sister. And this would include those whom Paul was personally unknown to, which is from verse 21, as well as our church today, 2,000 years later. God's call doesn't nullify natural relationships. But he does call us into a deeper relationship with him through Jesus Christ and with others in Jesus Christ. And if I may add, and that's by the power of Holy Spirit. So all that theology, but what does that mean to us? Well, it means that hub groups, even though you have to do it on Zoom these days because of social distancing, are actually family meetings. The government may not consider you and your brothers and sisters as Christ's family, but you actually are family. And now I must confess that I am not yet part of a boundless hub group yet, but I will be starting one soon. So maybe consider joining us, messaging us at boundless. 
Also, it means that God is our Father, a loving Father, who also loves us as a motherly love, by the way, whose love determines our ultimate worth. The matter of your worth is settled when Jesus died on the cross, and this is very important, because as we move on from our first observation today, we see that many people or other things try to become the determining factor of our ultimate worth. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with God through Jesus is the ultimate determining factor. God called Paul, and He calls you. Now, moving on to the second observation, and Paul is called by God, and that changed his values. As I had mentioned earlier, Paul was extremely zealous in Judaism, the tradition of his fathers. Because of that, circumcision, the removal of foreskins for all males believing in Judaism. Would be a Jewish thing that Paul really valued, but when Paul was called by God to preach Jesus Christ among the non-Jews, his values were changed. Being Jewish or not Jewish was no longer a matter when it comes to being in God's family, and with that, circumcision was no longer the hallmark of being God's people. And that is why, when Titus, a non-Jew, came to Jerusalem with Paul, Paul saw to it. That he would not be forced to be circumcised. Now, some of you may wonder, especially those of you who really like the Book of Acts like I do, you would say, Peter didn't Paul circumcise Timothy, his spiritual son in Christ, in the city of Lystra in the province of Galatia in Acts sixteen three? Well, great question, and didn't that give you background to why the Galatians got all confused about this circumcision issue? You saw Paul doing it. Well, you see, Acts sixteen three, we learn that Paul circumcised Timothy, a half Jew, because of the Jews who lived in that area. For these Jews all knew that his father was a Greek. Well, I think this suggests that Timothy, being an uncircumcised half Jew, was rejected by the Jews when Paul and Timothy were trying to preach the truth of the gospel to them. And so it was for the sake of the preaching, rather than wishing to find one's identity in Jewish traditions, Paul circumcised Timothy. Which, by the way, he is old enough to go on a journey. Ouch! Still, I heard this kind of pain is nothing compared to the pain of laboring. So thank you again, mothers. Well, now you may ask, does being called by God then really change? Every value, well, maybe not. You see, Paul really cared about being right when it comes to the matters about God, and by extension, about this whole circumcision thing, to the points that one he once tried to destroy the faith in Jesus Christ, thinking that was some wrong beliefs, some heresy, trying to rock the boat. Paul valued truth. Then, after he turned around and started preaching about faith in Jesus, because of his experience on the road to Damascus. He still wanted to make sure later on what he preached over the years was right, and so he presented that to other church leaders in Jerusalem. He still valued truth. In fact, the truth of the gospel mattered so much to him that he would not give in to fake believers who sought to spy on Christ's given freedom, so that the truth would not be preserved, especially for the Galatians who were struggling about this whole circumcision thing. Well, that's what it means back then. What does that mean to us today? I think Paul here demonstrated to us that 
our identity needs to be based on the truth of the gospel. The world will say to us, you are this, you need to be this, and you are only loved if your performance is this. This is your rule. This is your freedom. This is your identity. This, this, this. But let God be true and every human being a liar. He defines what this really is, and it is the gospel. God loves you by grace, God's one good word. He grants true freedom. So reject the lies and replace them with God's truth. God's words are true, and let them shape your lives, shape your values. Read them, meditate on them, live them. God called Paul, and he calls you. Lastly, let's move on to the third observation. Paul is called by God, and that changed his work. In his previous way of life, Paul was extremely zealous. A New Testament scholar, N.T. Wright, by the way, speaking of work and identity, could you think of a more fitting name? than that for New Testament scholar, N.T. Wright, right? Well, anyways, in his book on Paul, he described that Paul's seal is motivated by his expectation of God's bringing salvation to those who are proven worthy. But as Paul himself puts it, the seal would then drove Paul himself to do the exact opposite what what God really wanted him to do. Paul intensely persecuted God's church. It was only until the grace of God came to Paul, he turned around. In Galatians verse 5 and 6 here, God called Paul by grace to preach Jesus among the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And then in verse 9, the other church leaders recognized the grace given to him. Is Paul worthy? No. Paul's desire to prove that he is worthy has ironically drove him the other way. But is Paul worth it? And the answer is yes, to the point that God would still send Jesus to die for Paul and called him out to do God's work. In our passage today, we actually have another backstory that I want to talk a little bit about. Verse 2 talk about another revelation that Paul received. What is it? Well, it wasn't explained much here, but we'll go back in the book of Acts. We'll learn that it was actually Agabus' prophecy about the famine in Jerusalem in Acts 11. Paul's work at that time, on top of preaching Jesus to the non-Jews, it was also to send relief to those in need. And this echo what Galatians 10 here was saying, chapter 2, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Some of you may remember that my role as a Boundless Vancouver is Community Ministries Director, supporting a great team that is doing great works, providing food to many during our current time of COVID-19. I told them from this passage that we have today that alongside with the freedom from sin and the slavery of sin, God's heart is also for the poor. And in doing so, I encourage them to do their work. 
But here's some additional reflections that I had, and I think would be relevant to us all. And as a church, our calling is to do both, serving the spiritual and the physical needs together. We cannot just do one thing and hold on to that as our identity, or in the identity of any work that we do. Our identity as a worker is actually ultimately rooted in the God who calls us. In a God who supplies us with all that we need to get the job done. This last week, God showed me His power in two things. One, He made the seeds of faith that I sowed a few years ago grow. Yesterday, this friend, who weren't religious back then, and called me to share about his faith journey and ask how he would pray for me. That's a spiritual need, Matt. And at Barnes, on Wednesday, this critical food shipment was delayed. And so we pray, and then the next morning it came. This is physical needs met. Praise be to God. Well, that's what it meant for me. But what does it mean for you? And I think God is inviting you to work with Him, no matter what you do, to work with Him. He cares about your work. And maybe for some of you, He is calling you to volunteer with us here at Banas Vancouver. And for some of you, it is to go and sow the seeds of faith, and for some of you, it is to receive those. But above all, it is to let God's love define you, and then, in response to this love, work for God and work with God. God called Paul, and He calls you. Three observations: Who is Paul? Paul is one who is called by God, and that changed everything: his relationships, his values, his work. And God called Paul, and He is calling you. Who are you? May I suggest then, as we search for the answer, the best place to start is to actually ask the same question that Paul asked on the road to Damascus. Who are you, Lord? And the answer, I am Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words from Paul, two thousand years ago, that we can read today, and then from there, we、we'll、learn about your gift, grace, through Jesus Christ, who died and gave. Himself for us, a sign, a proof of God's love for us. May our identity, therefore, be rooted in that and that alone, and from there overflow to our relationships, to our values, and to our work. We thank you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.